0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Blocker. And I'm Rich Cardona, personal branding and video strategist. And look, you know, I just mentioned the word branding, but I actually have never had someone straight up come on and cover branding. Like, where do you start? And I'm not talking about you, I got you covered for that. But where do you start when it comes to the business or the side hustle that you're trying to launch? or to scale, and that's why I had Kenya Kelly on. She's out of Northern California. I saw her in Clubhouse with a mentor of mine and an amazing person, Shaleen Johnson. So I know anyone in that circle is gonna be someone I need to have a conversation with. So we scheduled a call. I actually could use her help, so that's why I hit her up. We talked and then I asked her to be on the podcast and this is just a very simplistic breakdown and there's all kinds of little, I hate saying it, but nuggets of just aspects of branding that just many people don't know and this may be the difference between you spending a ton of money trying to figure it out or being able to get 50% down the road and then maybe getting a little bit of help. Either way, listen to Kenya and I think that's it. Here we go. All right, everyone, we are back another week of the Leadership Blocker, and I'm really excited because this this specific topic is one that has endless rabbit holes that everyone messes with all the time, that the iterations just never stop, and no one is ever truly confident in this. And you can end up spending a lot of money and a lot of mental energy on this topic, and it is about branding. And uh, I met Kenya in Clubhouse, Number one, uh, because you were in a room with Shaleen and Shaleen Johnson, if you don't know her, then you don't need to listen to this. I'm just kidding. Go check her out. But, you know, we met and I was just like, who's this? And then I started looking. I was like, oh, Instagram Reels. That's an indicator. TikTok, that's an indicator. And then I learned more about you. And then I saw you on a workshop and I'm like, this is just a no brainer. So I reached out. But Kenya, uh, what can you tell us about who you are and what you do? And then we're just going to get to business.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I am Tia Kelly. I am a branding and video marketing expert. And basically I teach people how to generate revenue through short form video online.
0: Awesome. I mean, okay, that is branding. Okay. So (laughs) that, that, if you don't know, now you know, She, she knows that's how quick it has to be. But let's talk about, I am an aspiring business owner, or maybe I'm an early stage business owner and everyone is saying, oh, your brand, your brand, your brand. You're like, no, no, no. I know my product. I know my service. I just need to present it right. And I'm just going to just kind of put it out there and everything's going to be all right. Let's talk about initial stages of of what branding actually means for your business and, and kind of the first impression, right? Like the first impression people are going to think about you and why actually thinking and investing in branding is probably a smart move.
1: Yeah. So one of the first things I always tell people is that your brand really isn't about you. It's about designing something to attract a certain group of people to you so that they will buy from you. So, for example, like when you say the name Pepsi, we already know that it's a, it's a soda. When we say the name LeBron James, we know it's a basketball person. And so branding is when when someone hears your name, they automatically know exactly what to think, what to feel, what you sell, what you offer or what have you. And so when you're like asking yourself, like, what is my brand? You have to ask yourself when you're not in the room, what is it you want people to feel, think, and do? And the only way people are going to feel, think, and do it is that you have to know what that is and you have to create that message and then you market that message.
0: So I'm tracking on Pepsi and LeBron, but if I am not one of those people yet, and I know what I want people to think, like, how do I even start to conceptualize, you know, what patterns or colors or fonts I I may use? Like, you know, I I might evaluate myself and say, oh, I'm a Marine. So maybe I should have some stencil freaking typography because that'll be cool, right? Like that's not cliche at all. But how do you kind of break down from what you think is good because you like it to moving on to this is what they want. How do you even how do you even get there?
1: Yeah, so one of the things to understand is that we it's a natural thing for us to want this font or this color or this design because it's ours and we want to love it, but it's important to what well, first of all before you get into branding, you have to identify who is your audience, right? So is it a male or female? What are their age range? How much money do they make? What are their buying patterns and like what is going to attract them? So for example, if you are, let's just say you're a female entrepreneur and you teach people how to build websites or whatever it is, it's important to not necessarily go with your favorite colors because as it pertains to the psychology of colors in marketing, colors do certain things. They make people feel certain things. And so when you're choosing colors, you have to choose colors that go that mesh with the psychology. So for example, if you go to Target and you see a red sign, we all know that that's a clearance sign, right? But why? Because red is an energy color. It makes people want to do something and do it fast. And so this is another reason why a lot of fast food restaurants have red in their logos, red in their brands, because it's a fast food restaurant. Not always, when you think about it, you've got Burger King has red in it, McDonald's has red in it, Chick-fil-A has red in it because it's a, it's a fast food restaurant. Like with men, like if you ever want to attract a man or get him to look at you, wear red because he can't can't even help it. It's a natural psychological thing that happens to a man when someone walks into the room wearing red, right? Like we all know that if a luxury car company is advertising on television or online, they're typically it's going to be black. Because black has this sleek, high-end type of feeling to it. But if you're trying to attract a female, you can't use brown. Because we're like, we're just typically not attracted to brown. Brown doesn't do anything for us. But UPS, you know, that's that's brown. But that's like a neutral type of thing. And so it's important to start, like, I always have my clients. If they don't want to hire us, then we say, go to Google and type in psychology of color and marketing, and then click on images. If you do that, you're going to see these, these things that pop up showing you what each color represents, what it makes people feel, what it makes people think. And so when, and then when you're trying to develop your brand and your brand colors, it's important to go, I'm trying to make people feel safe or happy or calm or whatever. And you begin to build a brand around the color that make people feel that. Because no matter what you say, people are going to see your brand when you're not around. And you want them to have that experience you want them to have when they come in contact with you.
0: So, and to wrap on the colors really quick, let's say I look at these colors and I'm like, well, this brand, I mean, like... Purple clearly, you know, I'm just making this up like purple's elegant. I mean, we're, we're elegant. And then the red, I mean, like, you know, we move fast and, and the brown, I mean, like, you know, we, we deliver the heat and then like all these things, like you can't have the whole palette in there. So what is your guidance on like the amount of colors and changes that there need to be to not kind of overwhelm the audience?
1: For sure. So typically brands have two main colors, right? Um, but like, you don't typically want to have both like visible, like all the time, like for Pepsi, for example, when you think about Pepsi, blue is the biggest color that we see. And then they do have that red, but majority of everything is going to be blue. And then a little bit of red, um, like McDonald's, the, the primary with McDonald's is red. And then there's the, there's the yellow. And so, and, but you can have, you can have a third color. It just has to be like something that is used, not, not often. So let's just say for a website, if your colors are black and orange, right? You have to ask yourself this question of if people come to my website and everything's brown and orange, is that going to cause them to like run away from the site or is that going to cause them to like engage with the site? And so we would have a customer that would have black and orange together, but the site would be more white, right? And then with the pops of colors, and so if you're choosing colors, it's important for you to, like, you have to be honest, like draw it out, get somebody to create a picture and ask yourself, what, what am I experiencing when I, with these colors, like, how am I feeling? What do I want to do? And send it to some friends and ask them, when you see these colors, what do you meanly think? What do you meanly feel? Because it's more important what they think than what it is that you think. Because you're not gonna buy from you, they're gonna buy from you. And like, so if you're like, I want orange and purple, okay, great. Now let's look at what does those colors make people feel, and they send it to people without explaining it to them, and see if they're getting the experience you want them to have. And if they're not, then you've got to make some adjustments.
0: Absolutely, put it out there. They'll let the market decide. So. This podcast, it's starting to pick up really well. I'm I'm so happy with all the guests and I'm like, I need to kind of level up on my cover art instead of my Canva, you know, nonsense that I did and um, myself. So I I went to Fiverr and I found like someone with like 3,000 reviews and I was like, let's do this. So the artist sent me back about 16 designs. I'm like, of course, I'm going to find one out of here, right? And then I go, I'm click. I'm like, no, no. No, no. And I'm like, oh, that one's okay. No, no, no. So I send it to my VA. I send it to my COO. I bring my wife in. And they are all pointing out the one that I'm like, that one is straight trash. And then I pick the one I like. And then I put it on Facebook. I put it in multiple groups that I'm in. And the one that no one talked about in all these groups, like, it, it is the one. Like, everyone's like, this one. And I'm like, okay. And the reason I'm telling this story is because what she's saying is right. Like, I can't leave it up to me and I can't leave it up to people who know me extremely well either. Like, yes, that might be like an opinion that I value, but that does not necessarily mean that that's what the market cares about. They were trying to say to me, if I am scrolling through the podcast library, that's going to stand out to me. And guess what? I'm going to eat it and I'm going to pick that one. Now, I want to get back to target audience. Pina. I can tell you right now that my product is for everybody. Like it's definitely for everyone. There's not a specific age group, it's not male or female, or anything like that. like it's it's definitely I just want to serve everyone, and I know we can. What is the problem with that mindset?
1: So well, the problem with that is is that like you can't talk to a specific person. Like when you are when you're designing a brand, you're designing it for a, a person that is attracted to that, right, that message. And when you begin to market that message, that message has to be clear to a specific person. For example, there's a store in the mall called Justice, right, and it's like glitter, pink everywhere, the music is loud, you've got the young little pop star singing in there, and that message is very clear. This is for your daughter, your grandkid, your niece, or whatever, right? And so, when you are not clear on if it's male or female, what their age is, if they're married or single or whatever, then you begin to market this message to the masses, and it's like throwing spaghetti on a wall and hoping that it sticks. But like we all know, like there was a commercial a one Super Bowl, and it was Steven Tyler, and he was on a race car track in this like Kia sport car, and he was playing songs from the '90s, and he was going really, 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 really fast. That message was for a man that wanted to relive his high school memories in his car. And you knew exactly who it was targeting. And so when you don't have a clear, defined target audience, you end up talking to all these people. And then all, oftentimes what happens with us as a business is we get the wrong people. So let's just say your products are $1,000 and you're not targeting people that can afford to pay $1,000 or that want to pay for that type of product at $1,000, then you end up spending all these marketing dollars talking to all the wrong people, whereas if you focus 100% on that person that wants what you got the way that you got it at the price, then, you know, you end up, you can make more money targeting a specific group of people versus everybody. And, you know, I, I think that we we say it's for everybody because we're afraid to niche down. Yep. I've had that problem so many times, Right. But it's when I niche down and focus is when things began to explode.
0: All right, everyone. Quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored by Rich Cardona Media. We have launched a significant amount of podcasts in 2021 already, which means we help with the concept. We help with the show description. We help with the setup and the hosting. We help with just getting you the right software to record with the equipment. We can go out and do it in person, and we can do the first four podcasts with the videos, all that. We have numerous options, and as someone who's now been podcasting for almost 100 episodes, uh, we have our finger on the pulse, and look, the name of the game is just getting started. I am not going to sit here and tell you you're going to be the next Joe Rogan, okay? Not at all, but... If you are looking to invest into making sure that your messaging gets out in other mediums, podcasting is a way that we can help, okay? So just think, you have the audio, you have the video, you have the transcription, which turns into a blog, which turns into SEO opportunities. There's a lot of fantastic things that we could help with. So definitely hit us up at richcardonamedia.com. You can email rich at richcardonamedia.com or Eliza at richcardonamedia.com. And we will go from there. Let's get back to Kenya. So I, I, I want to like fast forward slightly in, in the entrepreneurial journey when we're talking about, you know, a uh, target audience. And I know one thing you've talked about before is your ideal customer. Well, I could tell you year one, my ideal customer was the person who said yes. (laughs) You know, I was like, got it. Like, okay, like, yes, like anything you want boss, you know? And then, you know, there's a little bit of a pattern there, but it has evolved and I would say that my target audience slash ideal customer has changed pretty significantly. So just to give kind of like a very plausible and easy example is I thought it was men uh, who were 35. They were entrepreneurs and they were military veterans, but it actually ends up being Southern women uh, who are 40 plus. uh, They're five years into their business. They're multi million dollars. They're completely driven. They look at being as a mom, as like one of the easiest things, like they're just beasts. And it's like, okay, so... When you start to notice that what you thought and and maybe the initial signs of what your ideal customer was shift, how do you make amends with the fact and just be like, you know what, like I'm gonna have to change this. Do you, do you pay attention to that or do you kind of stick with with what you landed on in the beginning? If I had done something like a consultation with you,
1: yeah. So you 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 focus on what your ideal goal is, right? So like, if your goal is to bring in a hundred million dollars a year right? Selling these certain products, like then you have to, okay. So a lot, oftentimes when people are launching a business, they will just put it out there and then they're like, oh, this is who, is, this is who's buying. Right. And they continue to focus on that, but you have to reevaluate and say, do I actually like this particular customer? Like, how does this customer make me feel? Do I want to serve this customer for the rest of my life? If you do, then you continue doubling down there. Like if you were saying that you have the women that is shifted from the veterans to women, then you have to evaluate your business and go, okay, what we're doing is actually attracting this group of people over here. And you have to ask, even though they're the ones that's being attracted, do I want to attract them or do I really want to focus on the veterans? If you really want to focus on the veterans, then you have to reevaluate your messaging and what you're doing. Because what you're doing is quote unquote wrong because the wrong people are coming.
0: Yeah. So that's a perfect segue into how messaging plays a part. And and you know, it's it's not just about the presentation and the website and and all these other things. It is about the ability to clearly and easily say the problem you solve, very much like you did in about three and a half seconds when I asked you to introduce yourself. So talk to me about. I may not be the best writer, but I'm not trying to get a copywriter or anything like that. But I, I really need to make sure that this message is sound and clear. Do you have any guidance on how to present the messaging to, to really nail, nail the problem you solve so people make no mistakes about it?
1: Right. So, okay, a couple things. One, when we were first launching our business, I I was learning about my messaging. And so what I did was when we were doing design work, I Googled the top 50 branding agencies in the world, right? And I went to all of their websites and I was reading things and looking things and, and like asking myself, how does that, how does all of this and what they're saying fit into what it is that we want to do long-term? And so after I read all those messages, a lot of them had the same things and it a lot of it resonated with me. And so then I began to write like, this is what I want people to think. This is what I want them to feel when they, when they reach me, right? And so when we started writing copy on our website, we needed to talk the customer's language. We needed to talk about, you know, this is who we are, but more so, this is who you are, this is what you need, and this is what the problem you need to solve, and here is how we can solve that particular problem. But we couldn't write any of that until we saw what basically our competitors were doing, like big-time competitors, right? Right. And once we saw what they were doing, then it made so much more sense for what we were going to write about uh, about our business. But then not only that, we started evaluating, like, what are our customers actually saying to us, right? Like, what are they saying that that their issues are? So I did a lot of Facebook Lives before we ever launched our agency. And we were teaching, and people were commenting and asking questions. And we were able to pull from their problems, all the problems that they had they wanted us to solve. We were able to pull all of that because there was no point in us writing content for what we think that they're struggling with. If they tell us this is what we're struggling with, then we figure out how do we solve those problems and we write things based upon that. Like when we have like any kind of self paid selling a course or whatever, we're speaking into the problem. You're dealing with this and here's how we help. And that's how it's easy to write copy.
0: So that is also, for, for anyone who knows me, an amazing way for content creation ideas, right? Like if you're answering consistent questions, then look no further if you have, you know, if you're just stumped because the the questions that you're getting on a regular basis, Rich, what camera is that? How do I record here? And all that stuff, I mean, it, that's, that's what you do. So if I need to make a quick tutorial on the InShot app on my phone, which makes it very easy to edit videos if you don't wanna mess with software, then that's what you do. So I completely and utterly understand what you're saying. Now let's take this a little bit of a different direction. We're talking about things that we, we absolutely have control over, kind of in a sense where someone could visit, go and look. Now, what other people yeah. don't necessarily see is the experience of what it's been like to work with us or to work with me or whatever. And I am very bullish on video testimonials and and kind of social proof or whatever. So how would you go about establishing your brand on kind of that next level where people are talking about you for you instead of you saying, Hey, this is what I do. Hey, this is how I could help you. I promise I will crush it for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we do with like, with our clients, we, one, when they start getting results, we start asking them for testimonials, right? Written testimonials. We will also ask them for a video testimonial. And we say, say the same thing you wrote in the, in your text, put it in a video. Uh, But in addition to that, we offer like affiliate programs, you know, and we offer affiliate programs to people that have had success with us. And what ends up happening there is that not only do we have their regular testimonial, but they begin to promote our products and services because one, they're going to make money from it, but we don't just give it to somebody just to promote. We give it to people that have had success. So that way, when they are talking about us and promoting us, it's from a place of experience. It's not just from a place of, oh, I want to make some money, right? But we try to give people scripts, right? Meaning that I was with Kenya and before Kenya, it was this, I decided to invest in this. And then after Kenya, we received this. And then if and then it's kind of like they're a hook. If you're thinking about working with Kenya, da, 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 da. And we don't fill it in for them, but we give them kind of like an outline of what they, of how to structure theirs. And that way we get the greatest testimonials. And, and it's not, they're not fake. They're really, really, really real.
0: I once interviewed a gentleman named Ryan Dice. He's a founder of DigitalMarketer.com and our co-founder and he said two people want two things, transformation and validation. So the before like before Kenya and after Kenya is a transformation. And then if I'm even thinking about going with you, then all of a sudden I'm also validated because people are like, she's awesome like uh, yeah like she took us from here to here so those two things are very very key in buying decisions so please make sure you consider that now let's just say i've worked with you and you're like dude's branding is is as good as possibly can be but you haven't seen me in action i'm not getting testimonials maybe there's something going on with uh, the customer experience or maybe fulfillment is lacking and i'm my, you know my deliverables are late and all these other things i'm assuming branding is not going to help that
1: <laughs> no
0: So when people interview for jobs, you can interview like a superstar, but you don't know what it's like until that person's actually on the floor and dealing with actual problems. Have you ever kind of had that when it comes to people and branding and, and, I don't know, maybe kind of been catfished, so to speak, and you have to revisit and kind of coach them to, to get to where they need to be? For
1: sure. I mean, and I think that happens all the time. I think that a lot of times we are, we're excited about the business that we're building, And then we're excited about the brand. And now we're like, we're showing up in a way that's completely off brand. Like I've had people where we've like, this is their message. And then we're like, okay, then you're going to go live on Facebook. You're going to go live on TikTok and do your thing on Instagram and this way. And we've had people that in the heat of political chaos or whatever, they're like, now they want to go and do this stuff. And we have to go, (laughs) hey, so is it okay if I give you some feedback? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so you got this amazing brand. And but your personal your personal opinion you've got to you can't put that on your your social media like if you're Johnson and Johnson you can't talk about your favorite political candidate on the Johnson and Johnson Instagram page you can do that in your own personal but you can't do that there and so we have had that many of times where we've had to go to clients and say hey we love you we love what you're doing but you're having a negative effect on your brand by doing x y and z or like they're just not doing they're just not fulfilling you know they're saying we we deliver in 24 hours if we do in 72 hours and all their reviews are, are that they are that they're not doing that then we have to go back to them and say hey so we've got to either change the amount of time you can do this in or you've got to you've got to step it up and you know clients don't always like that but they know that we mean well
0: i agree if amazon is saying two-day delivery and you're getting four days every time, then uh, obviously that's going to put them down the drain in a second. So Keena, one of the things I couldn't wait to ask was uh, a take that you have. that I I mean, I personally haven't seen this anywhere really, but the brand vibe, right? So, I mean, like we've talked about a lot of other different things. And I think, you know, with a lot of agencies, you'll be able to see uh, similarities in some regards, kind of the meat and potatoes. But uh, a brand vibe to me stuck out when I saw some of your work and I'm like, what's my vibe? And it made me think a little bit differently. It's not just my colors. It's not just my copy. It's like, how am I and what are we trying to accomplish? And and what I want people to know what it's going to be like to work with us. And I don't just mean the deliverables. I just mean like, is this a, is this going to be a positive experience? Is it going to be more than just the work? And I think that's what you're getting at here, but I don't want to speak for you. So can you tell us what a brand vibe is to you and how you use this concept?
1: For sure. So it's definitely um, the the experience you have with certain people. So with me, like my vibe is is very fun. It's very playful. It's it's strong. It's to the point. Um, It's not no nonsense, but it's like on any given day, you know, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to teach you. I can potentially make you laugh. I can make you think. And I'm also going to correct. Right. But in addition to that, there's also like words, things that I would say and things that I wouldn't say. You know, I would never talk bad. I don't. Would never use hate, right? I would never. Uh, I would never curse, right? I would never twerk as if I'm Cardi B. I love Cardi B, right? But the like, but I am a dancer. I am playful and all that. And so, like, it's important that I'll give you an example. I remember Shalene talked about this on her podcast one time that she has two brands. She has Marketing Impact Academy, and then she has One Three One or Phase It Up. And one day, accidentally, she sent a text message to the MIA people that was meant for the 131. And 131, phase it up, is 100% female. And so the way she talks there is, is, hey, gal, hey, chick, or something like that. She sent that message to the marketing impact people. And they were (laughs) like, what is going on? And it's because like the MIA is more polished. It's more marketing focused. It's it's gender neutral. And and phase it up is more so it's for, for chicks or gals or whatever. And so when you're talking about like what people are experiencing, like with Gary V, you know, at any point in time, Gary V is going to drop the F-bomb. Gary V is going to be no nonsense. Here's how it is. F you, F you mom and dad, all these things. That's just Gary V. But that is his 100% vibe. And you know exactly what you're getting when you experience him. Like I always tell people when I'm like, when I'm introducing myself on my own stuff, I say, my name is Kenya. I love business, love branding, Jesus and my cats. And why do I do that? Because I want everybody to know this is who I am. And this is what I represent, what I stand for. And so I love you. You're welcome and all this, but this is what I talk about. And when you have that, like when people know exactly what they're going to expect, what they're going to experience as like, as the personality, then they're prepared for it. Like, you know, if you watch me, listen to me, you're going to get mad energy, period. And I have, and that is my vibe. And so people, if they hired me to come and speak somewhere, they're expecting high energy. They're expecting it all day long. They're expecting funny. And they're probably going to expect me to do a TikTok. Why? Because that's been my thing.
0: Absolutely. When it comes to that, like it's it's impossible to say the things you said without considering uh, the personal brand. So there is certainly a spillover of your personal brand into the company brand. And I actually went on a LinkedIn live the other day uh, because I just saw all these posts about like, I don't work on my personal brand or I don't need to work on my personal brand. And I'm like, you're always, working on your personal brand. If you choose to show up on social media in any capacity, you are letting everyone decide what your personal brand is because you have a desired result. You have a desired reaction of what you think people, you know, should they agree, disagree or whatever. But uh, I think we're always working on our personal brand and I absolutely love when people are able to include it fully and it just helps you get a better understanding. So that being said, you have a book uh, that is right behind you that I wanted to make sure we talk about. And uh, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. So my book is called Before You Quit Your Job, a strategic guide for entrepreneurs. And I decided to write it because years ago when I was in network marketing, I think about 20 years ago, I watched like so many people teach, like quit your job, like job means just over broke. And I watched me and a lot of other people make a lot of quick money but not really know how to build a business. And so at some point in time, the quick money doesn't stay and you got to learn how to build a business. And people became homeless, losing all this stuff. Then when I got into the consulting space, I watched that exact same thing happen. People encouraging folks, quit your job. You can make more money faster. And people having the exact same experience. And I basically got fed up and said, no, it's time to teach people that while you're working a full-time job, then you build a business part-time. Because if you build a business and you have no money, like you're pressuring your, your customers to buy from you so you can pay your rent or your mortgage. Whereas if you have a full-time job, that is designed to pay for those expenses. And then you can build your business on the side without the pressure of, I got to make money, I got to make money. You know, not only that, like when you build a business while working your full-time job, you don't mess with your family's money. So if you're married, and your household bringing in $150,000, and then you start working this business part-time, now you got some extra things happening in your in your life and in your, your family's finances. But if you quit your job and your family's missing all that money, now there's that pressure to make up that money or there's that pressure on your spouse or significant other to like take care of things. But if you're doing it like simultaneously, it's, it's an easier journey. It may be hard from a time standpoint, but it's easier financially and stress-wise.
0: And if it doesn't work out, the risk is mitigated. Actually, not even if it doesn't work out. If I think I want to teach public speaking or something, everyone be thankful that I don't. And then I I go and maybe I go to community college and like, hey, professor, I'd like to be your assistant. and I'll do it for free. Right. Like I'm I'm not I'm only investing my time in it. And then I decide like this isn't for me or you know what? Like this is too hard to teach. I can't believe people don't get it. Then there's no risk but i do want to comment on the financial aspect and this is important for listeners to know and kenya you know i, I think i told you this last time we spoke but i quit my job because i was miserable i did had no plan and everything i'm about to say i do not recommend uh, i did not have a plan uh, my wife gave me permission to quit meaning she's like I, I i just see who you are and what you're about like just it's time and i'm like okay we, we rented our home, we went and moved in with my in-laws into their basement, and I, we spent six months there. Two months, it was supposed to be two months, it ended up being six months. I did find out what I wanted to do, but we did not have any expenses, and I also have military retirement, so I'm always careful to make sure people understand that. So what she's saying is very, very real. Without a couple of those things, and look, like in-laws are tough, man, I don't care who you are, in-laws are tough, but they blessed us with a roof over our heads to figure things out. And and maybe you would not be as fortunate as I was, or maybe as hungry or whatever it may be. But what she's saying about not quitting your job, it sounds like a strategy to just test the waters. Like, would you say that the path to entrepreneurship or the path to success and everyone's idea of success is different is excruciatingly slow. Yes,
1: yeah. It's awful. It's beautifully awful. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> Mine has been like 18 years, you know, of me like learning and growing, doing this right, doing it wrong, doing this right, doing it wrong over and over and over again. Like just, it's awful, but it's awesome. You know, but there's like, it reminds me of like school. I always tell people that you spend 20 years of your life going to school. The moment, like you're just in school, college, all the things. And you go to school to get a job, right? Which is great. And then you decide, I want to be an entrepreneur. Well, you're back at grade school. If you're saying I wanna be an entrepreneur and most people don't realize that you are back at grade school and you've gotta go on a journey. The same way you had to go to fourth or fifth grade, you gotta do that same thing in entrepreneurship. So it's it's awesome, but it's, it's very challenging.
0: Oh man, yes. You said beautifully awful. I said, this is such a beautiful journey. And even on the days, like, especially when something bad happens, I just say that. My wife always says, you should just say, I'm thrilled that that client isn't happy. <laughs> you know she says just say i'm thrilled when something goes wrong it's the funniest like kind of hack but um kenya uh where can people find you and learn more about you uh and where would you prefer that they consume your content
1: for sure so i you can find me on kenya kelly.com i spend a lot of time on instagram so kenya kelly on instagram and then in my other times i'm always on tiktok
0: and Clubhouse I see you on Clubhouse.
1: Thank Clubhouse. Yes. yes, so
0: don't forget Clubhouse, but definitely look her up. We will link uh, to her in the show notes, but uh thank you for I believe this was extremely digestible branding information. Uh we covered a lot of good things. So, everyone, uh if you had any good takeaways, definitely please reach out to her, thank her or at least show up and give her some love on her social media pages. Uh, I love them all. And uh Kenya, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Bye guys.
0: All right, everyone so now you should know not to quit your day job test it out test out what you got going on identify your target audience get your brand straight keep your brand promise okay but you could promise me to rate and review this podcast that way if you got any help it'll help the podcast reach more people that's that's something so important to me so if you can consider that i would be thrilled if not look Share it. Share it with a friend. Share it with your network. Share it on Facebook, wherever it is that you consume your content and that you know the people that need to hear this are. Go ahead and give it a share because I just want to help. I just want to help. Like I said, I always say it. I'm not monetizing and this is not for attention as much as it is to help. As you heard in the podcast, my life changed dramatically for the better. And I just want to give people the tools they need to make better entrepreneurial transition-related decisions. See you next week.